when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hey everyone, welcome to Waypoint Radio episode 528. I am your host, Patrick Clovick, because Rob has left us to become an esports expert and uh, be in a documentary. Um, and so uh, I am here in his uh, in his place uh, to host this podcast. Uh, thankfully, it's not Easter, but we can welcome someone else back from the dead. Renata Price. Hello. I'm just like the Christ child. Well, I j- Jesus Christ got a prologue out on Steam recently. He did. And so, he did. Uh, I feel like it's all it's all coming up. Uh, well, coming up, Jesus, I guess um, is how it would go. Um, I want to get a theologian uh, to play that game so bad. <laughs> oh, I, I want to put that game in front of the Pope so bad. There's a very funny uh, I, like IGN's you know does a thing where they just like capture every game at like the highest resolution possible just to show you what it looks like on some 4090 or whatever and uh like in the caption was and we've we've run this at max settings on a 4090 just as jesus would have wanted i was like that's good (laughs) shout outs to the socials person that is just trying to get through the day writing descriptions and managed to to sneak that one through but ren you were here you were back uh you you had covid you were you've been mm-hmm. sicky uh for the last uh weekend you came back one day and then covid said no no yeah <laughs> yeah i came back and i was like this will be this this will be fine uh and then i had the, one of the worst headaches of my life and i was like this actually won't be fine i'm going to go lay back down and maybe play some pillars of eternity if i'm able to think turn my brain to mush so you you are you are feeling better now. Yes. You are um, no like residual effects uh, no, from I'm, I'm, from the experience. I, I'm 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 all the way back. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Listen, I, I I could be wrong about that, but in my head, uh, per my experience, I'm all the way back. I could okay. just not remember what it feels like to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> We're also joined by our producer Ricardo Contreras. Cato, how's it going? Excuse me. Well, great. Kyle also <laughs> has COVID. I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut that out. Nah, it's not. It's not COVID. Whatever it is. Uh, I've t- tested multiple times being like, Well, you've been surely. on and off sick for like two months, right? Not like sick sick, but just I, like a persistent I literally think it's the thing, same, right? I think it's the same thing. It's just moved to different parts of my body. It just keeps, it keeps getting punched out into different areas. A little sick goblin. Yeah. Like, ooh. And like time speaking, to go to your toes. Time to go to your lungs. Every time it moves, I'm like, "Is this a new sickness? I should go get tested." And I go get tested, and they're like, "It's not COVID, whatever it is." I'm like, "Great, at least I'm not COVID sick. I'm just normal did, sick." Did y'all see the Oxford word of the year? No. What? No. Oh, Cody, you're gonna love this. The Oxford word of the year is goblin mode. What? <laughs> yes. Yes. The Oxford <laughs> Dictionary word of the year is goblin mode. Which which I, I take great joy in. I take great joy in What's the fact the that it's goblin mode. Read it to me. 
Okay, let me, let me, let me, I, I have it up actually. Goblin mode, a slang term often used in the expressions in in goblin mode or to go goblin mode, is a type of behavior which is unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, slovenly, or greedy, typically in a way that rejects social norms or expectations. Although first seen on Twitter in 2009, goblin mode went viral on social media in February 2022, quickly making its way into newspapers and magazines after being tweeted in a mocked-up headline. The term then rose in popularity over the months following as COVID lockdown restrictions eased in many countries, and people ventured out of their homes more regularly. Seemingly, it captured the prevailing mood of individuals who rejected the idea of returning to normal life or rebelled against the increasingly unattainable aesthetic standards and unsustainable lives exhibited on social media. Goblin mode. Oh, goblin mode. Wow. Well, finally it's legitimate. <laughs> Is it? Goblin noise. <laughs> so it can't show up in Wordle because it's not, it's two words, right? It's two. Yeah. Gob- goblin mode. It's more than five letters. You know, speaking of goblin modes, uh, fr- we here at Waypoint frequently go into goblin mode because of Waypoint Plus. And people have been asking, and it is finally here. Um, now it's an annual, wasn't always an annual, but now it's an annual <laughs> Waypoint holiday sale. Uh, annual subscriptions are now 25% uh, off with uh, the, what is the code that we're using? Way holiday. Uh, I wrote a different one because I wasn't sure if we'd assigned one yet, Akato. Um, wait, so I, I wrote, are you, what is, no, way holiday is Holloway. Holloway's right there. All right. Holloway, Holloway Hol- point. Holloway. I just feel like people are going to type that in wrong. Yeah. That's oh, you true. think they're going to type in H-O-L-L-O-W-A-Y, like Holloway, the name, as opposed to I'm worried. To I'm Holloway. worried. We've had issues in the past, and then we have yeah. to correct people's uh, uh, subs when they, when they, when they <laughs> sign up. But... Uh, starting on uh, Tuesday, uh, December 6th, running through the end of the night, East, I guess, Eastern time. Do you want to give it to Pacific time so it stretches a little bit longer? I can't Can set, do that for the people. I can't set the time. I set a day and it crosses over at midnight UTC. Midnight UTC is 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, 5 p.m. What? Pacific? Pacific. That's how time mm-hmm. works? <laughs> yes, that's three, it's three hours. Yep, nailed it. So the, that is the cutoff. I can't change the okay. hours. I can just change the day it's going to happen on. Okay, so that it'll it'll run in t- uh, for a week. You'll get you get a yeah. week, you know, starting uh, on, on Tuesday, December 6th, running through that weirdly arbitrary time on, on Tuesday, uh, December 13th. Uh, a lot, so if you go to waypointplus.com and then again, use that code, uh, way holiday, um, you'll be able to get 25% off a, uh, gift sub, uh, if you're, if you're renewing, if you're upgrading, uh, if you're gifting a, a waypoint plus subscription, um, those will all apply with the code. Um, I know people have been patiently waiting for this to happen and we're, we're happy to finally be able to, to deliver on the, on the holiday sale. We'll be doing some fun stuff, uh, over the week, uh, in order to celebrate the sale. Uh, we are, I'm, I'm going to jinx it by saying it out loud. We are going to play an entire day of the quarry <laughs> on Wednesday. Uh, uh, with, uh, one, uh, Forbes 30 under 30, uh, Natalie Watson. Um, I don't know that we'll beat the game, but boy, we're going to, we're, we're going to play try. a big old chunk of it. Uh, and we managed to beat a different dark pictures anthology game before beating the quarry. Um, because we are just, I mean, there, it's a quarry is a much bigger game, but, if, um, we go ahead. 
I was going to say, if you want to see a villain go goblin mode, you can do so by watching our last Corey stream uh, to, 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 catch up, to catch up on everything, to kind of see what transpired, what decisions were made, oh. if, if a certain person made some decisions uh, at a certain point in time that would beget goblin mode being entered. Well, the goblin, you didn't enter goblin mode as much as a goblin entered you and <laughs> tore your body to pieces. Uh, I think it's well, actually, I think I think I think you did enter. I think we did enter the goblin. Right. Maybe the case. Maybe the case. Um, <laughs> and uh, so we'll, we'll uh, Kato and Rob are going to be doing some in-person motorsports uh, as you listen to this. When this is live, I, I presume you'll be that that'll be happening um so that'll be uh, rob is out uh doing some some work for will vice this, uh, and then when... yeah right mm. or you're gonna do it after the fact i'm trying to figure out what the time i'm just not realizing i've kind of double booked myself today mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all right well kind of we'll figure that part out i uh, will promote this elsewhere but if you're listening to this it may be after that stream has already happened um but it'll be before the quarry stream occurs yes uh, and then before the quarry <laughs> Yeah, and then we'll have other things happening uh, through the course uh, of the week. We'll probably have another stream that happens on Tuesday, uh, next Tuesday, to sort of help uh, promote the the final day of the sale. Um, I, tentatively, I want to say that we're maybe might do a game awards thing on Thursday uh, evening. Uh, details to be determined on people's schedules and all and all that. But that is a big thing that's happening, and we might as well ride the Keeley wave um, if we <laughs> if we can because I'll be watching it anyway. Um, so again, uh, if you go to waypointplus.com. Uh, Tuesday, December 6th through uh, Tuesday, December 13th. Use the code WAYHOLIDAY at waypointplus.com to get 25% off of Waypoint Plus. And shout outs to all the folks that have, you know, allowed us to get to a point where we can even do another holiday uh, sale um, because that was definitely not necessarily a guarantee we hit live <laughs> on that thing. And it has been a delight to get to this point. Um, so uh, if you've been waiting for that sale, then uh, there it is. It, it is live, right? Now, um, elsewhere, I just I would just want to highlight this. Oh, I didn't put in the article uh, into into Asana, but um, we don't really have to talk about this much. But uh, I just saw this on, on Reddit when I was scrolling through the, the, the week's game news. Uh, Dark Souls creator Miyazaki has, quote, no idea what made Elden Ring such a hit. Quote, I try not to think about it too much. This is from an IGN article in which Miyazaki is, I'm sure, accepting one of many awards that will happen for Elden Ring mm-hmm. uh, over the, the coming months and was asked in a follow-up about like this game being so much more successful than basically any anything else from software has has done in terms of like sheer sales numbers. Um, uh, and in, in the Q&A session, I guess it was like a PlayStation Partners Awards thing. Um, quote, honestly, I haven't analyzed it much, Miyazaki replied. It's true that sales were higher than those of our previous games, but I have no idea what the reason was. So even if I wanted to re- reproduce that success, I wouldn't be able to. I, I try not to think about it too much because I think it would be a bad idea to analyze it deeply and to consciously try and replicate it in another game, um, which I think is like a really Spark. funny and interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how I, as I, in some level I want to believe that's true. It's also possible that like, you know, from software also has marketing department. Like maybe Miyazaki's yeah. not doing this, but someone is crunching <laughs> the, the goddamn numbers <laughs> behind the scenes. Um, uh, but I think if it is true that Miyazaki tries to just, push that stuff out and just makes the games that, you know, uh, that he kind of like, you know, makes alongside the, the rest of the staff at from software. Uh, that's, that's, that's pretty dope. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good, that's a good uh, way to be thinking about it. Um, elsewhere. Have you, have you seen what, uh, what Fortnite looks like now? I'm going to, I'm going to give you this link. 
I, 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 I did see, uh, I was looking at Fortnite earlier. I've, I've heard what they've added. I actually, yes. So, uh, I saw this post. Um, I did not see the, the graphics post. I saw a mechanics post and then I, I felt the need to go to twitter.com to, to talk about Fortnite to say that they put bows back in, they put bows back in Fortnite and they put a bunch of halo guns in there and I'm just thrilled. And I it looks like this. Bows. I love bows. <laughs> bows. You put a bow in a video game. I won't <gasps> use your other weapons. Yes. Um, this is Patrick, the kinship between us. Um, the bows are so Fortnite? good. They also have Patrick, yeah, you have explosive bows. That sounds great. I'd I'd love a good explosive bow. Because then it's like I'm using a gun, but I can still say I'm oh I'm being real stealthy and uh, <laughs> using a bow. That if I also happen to be attaching a grenade <laughs> to this bow, um, yeah, they they you know, uh, Fortnite itself sort of kind of kind of continues to be sort of the tip of the spear on Epic, doing a lot of development on Unreal Engine, and they have since pushed through. Um, uh, Unreal Engine 5.1, which adds a bunch of things that I can barely tell you what they do. Nanite, what's that? I don't know. Lumen? These all Who things could say? I would find in uh, virtual shadow maps. Temporal super resolution. Well, we've all been waiting for that one to be added to to, to Fortnite. The long story short is that like Fortnite looks sick as shit. Uh, like it looks, it was already a game that I think we've been pretty impressed by the 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 way that its art style can kind of adapt to whatever it needs to be, whether that was planned or something they kind of stumbled into as, as the game's gone along. But I think if you click on this blog and and look at the way just the lighting effects and I mean, it just, it looks awfully good and uh, continues to give me I another just reason to having want, uh, trouble imagining my cell shaded Goku running around in these images. <laughs> that's going right, to be extremely funny. <laughs> You telling me Goku is going to be hanging out with Nanite Lumen? <laughs> really? Everyone's, like, everyone is here everyone in is Fortnite. Here. Goku's going to be ray traced? Oh, I hope they I ray can, trace. Can, you can ray trace. No, no, you can ray trace Goku. I'm looking right here. I'm looking in these things, hardware ray tracing settings. And so, Goku can be ray traced. I really. <laughs> is the world ready? Uh. I really want. You ever see those like realistic Pokemon drawings where somebody makes like a really mm-hmm. like this is what it would look yeah. like if it was like an actual animal? I want like that level of detail drawing of Goku to be ray traced off is like the cel shaded version ray traced on. All of a sudden, you see pores and shit. Realistic <laughs> Goku. Realistic. No, don't Search. look at it. <laughs> Images realistic i feel like sun goku realistic <sighs> no these are all just like deviant art this is just like a guy people people are making guys i mean like that's a goku it's like that's not a goku i take goku face and then just give him pores take goku shaped face then give him you're, you're suggesting <laughs> are you talking to an ai t- bot right now you, is that what you're trying doing to Kato? Get it to work. you're trying to you feed s- this is this a prompt <laughs> that you're you're feeding or in oh, real time oh, over the podcast here's one that's almost there i think i found you're one suggesting that's almost that there toriyama should put pores on his care this okay, is close this is closer Ooh, that is i don't <laughs> that like is that troubling. Oh. i hate this motherfucker beak Ooh. art you you're cursed Stop i don't want it. him Stop i don't want him anywhere around me <laughs> anyways i think it'd be funny if you turn ray tracing on and got that <laughs> That's just a new Unreal Engine yeah, filter. Is yeah. like actually, 
now all of your characters are hype. We've 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 uh, we've contracted Beak Art to do a uh, a pass on Fortnite, and it's just hyper realistic version. Actually, that would be that would rule. Who's that? This looks this looks like Captain Marvel. That's not Go- That's not Goku. That's Yasified Goku. That's that's Yasified Aryan Goku. Mm, yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Oh just no. A, just a teeny bit of genocide happening. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. He's this is bad Goku. This is this is Goku (laughs) if Goku Goku. believed what Saiyans believed in. Like this is this is this is dark. (laughs) Truly a Super Saiyan. Hmm. 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 Uh, (laughs) Elsewhere, uh, Brent, I'm hoping you can untangle this for me because I'm I I don't I've tried. I've read a couple of articles, but there is I saw to begin with that someone said Nintendo, evil Nintendo. Has said we just can't do a Smash Brothers tournament, and I thought that seemed on its face to be possible because Nintendo has a long history of a fraught and complicated yes. relationship when it comes to esports and tournament organizers um, uh, more broadly. But since then, I'm learning about pandas. CEOs of these pandas are resigning, and I just don't know. <laughs> Can you walk me through a little yes, bit about what's going can, on with Smash at the moment? I can walk you through a little bit. Um, there's a lot of hearsay going on right now, but I can I can give you the broad. It strokes. does feel like every 20 minutes there's a new headline related to it, as like the, the, uh, someone grabs a shovel and digs a little bit deeper yeah. um, in it. But yeah, where, what's the broadly going on here? Okay, so basically, um, let's like, let me pull up the the name. The tournament org is a really bad name. Um, The tournament circuit uh, was called Smash World Tour. Uh, And so Smash World Tour is specifically um, is is, is Smash broadly, but but generally focuses on Melee. Uh, Basically, there was a guy who popularized the Melee community um, because the Smash Brothers Melee is a game that came out on the GameCube, but has a really, really devoted fighting game community. because it is basically the only thing like it. There is nothing else like Melee. Uh, it is it is pretty singular. Smash games since then have not been like Melee, right? And so a lot of Melee is played online uh, through uh, digital ISOs. Uh, and uh, there was basically one dude who helped re- repopularize Melee and make the high-level player-like techniques accessible to people. That guy goes on to found the Smash World Tour, which is basically the largest tournament circuit of Super Smash Bros. that exists. Um, He makes this tournament, but here's the thing. It can't have official Nintendo licenses because it uses uh, digital ISOs um, in some tournament cases and also, like, they will not adhere to like the Nintendo branding, right? Is it so, like they, are they specifically using like ROM hacks? Is that like, or is there a specific reason they are using, uh, like not running it on native hardware? Like, what what does that enable them to do that obviously Nintendo would have take issue with? Well, well, one online tournaments cannot be played on. Uh, native right. Hardware. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, that makes, yep. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and once you're in person, um they are not adhering to Nintendo's branding standards uh, is, is, is something that Nintendo is claiming. And so this tournament goes on for several, uh, I think it's like 10 years, going on 10 years, Smash World Tour is going on. This year, um, the Smash World Tour folks go go to Nintendo and they say, Nintendo, please, can we get 
licensed to do this. Um, we will do, we will do your licensing. We will, we will do this. Will you give us a license? And Nintendo goes, no. Also, stop. Uh, and then the tournament organizers go, you want us to stop? And Nintendo goes, yes, we would like you to stop from 2023 onwards because Nintendo knows that if they cancel this tournament, they will get absolutely blasted by the Smash community. They will get absolutely devastated if they have the biggest tournament of the year, if, if, if it comes out that Nintendo had this tournament canceled. And so according to Nintendo, they said that you can finish this year's tournament, but you can't do next year's tournament circuit. Because um, yeah, this, is, this is the thing that Nintendo says, and they go, uh... And then the Smash World Tour claims that Nintendo told them to shut everything down, uh, including this year's uh, tournament. Which, by the way, this is a tournament that, would, that is looking at like losing $300,000. Uh, because it is looking at vendors, it is looking at um, tournament organizers, it is looking at like hundreds of flights cross country and like cross continental flights. This is like a big deal, right? And so it it shuttering last minute is is pretty serious. Um, and so those are the those are the claims by um, Smash World Tour and Nintendo respectively. Then Smash World Tour claims that the CEO of Panda Global was telling other people who Smash World Tour was trying to partner with that the tournament was going to be shut down, uh, basically suggesting that Panda World uh, Panda Global was trying to sabotage Smash World Tour such that it would not be able um, to operate. And this is a big deal because Panda Global also runs a big Smash tournament. And so if the CEO of Panda in a, Global... In a, so essentially a rival Smash tournament that yeah. is like is not as big, but not as big as this the yes. Smash World Tour. Yes. Wait, isn't... Uh, and, and, and is officially licensed by Nintendo. That's the key, is that the mm. Panda Global is one of Nintendo's, the people who is, are officially licensed to run tournaments they, 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 Like, whatever, we'll do the branding, send us the stickers, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll put them up. <laughs> right. Um... And so the Smash World Tour folks basically claim that um, the Panda CEO was trying to sabotage them, uh, both in terms of partnerships and also with Nintendo, Um, at which point um, Panda Global has said, "Okay, our CEO is stepping down because the CEO has made comments previously that uh, about Smash World Tour uh, or uh, about like other tournaments to people such that they're like, okay, yeah, no, we'll, we'll admit this was an L. All right, we'll we'll, we'll kind of take the L on, on what he said, but are claiming that he did not actively try to um, talk to partners and like other organizations about Smash World Tour being shut down. And so a lot of weird hearsay uh, all revolving around what actually caused this major tournament to be closed. And no one is quite sure right now because there are three parties, uh, two of which uh, are saying totally different things. And then the third that has been at the last minute roped in and then ousted their CEO over someone else's tournament drama. I mean, it seems like you know, this started in, in why sort of when I saw the initial headline and kind of just shrugged it, it was because like the amount of times like I said earlier, that Nintendo has kind of gotten into complicated relationships and drama with their the very community that allows Smash Brothers to remain um, 
as relevant as it is year over year between, especially between major releases and especially with Smash, you know, the most recent Smash Brothers, like essentially finishing development, no more, no more characters, like part of what will keep Smash Brothers alive uh, is, is these tournaments or is this like this fan base that never goes away until Nintendo gets around to announcing another one. But they've just always seemed to have trouble figuring out what their relationship with that community is, especially given the whole melee situation in which, you know, they they don't Nintendo clearly does not like that the the community has such a deep affinity for this one particular um take on Smash Brothers as they as they produce new ones, even if Ultimate was quite liked, um, it seems like. Um but it seems like this is all like it may have maybe it started there, but then it is now spiraled into sort of like a broader community drama that uh suggests something a little more complicated than just Nintendo having some issues with an organizer and how they were kind of putting yeah. together the tournament. I mean, part of it is that, like, I think that the fundamental, like, I don't, you can call it a strategy error or not, but, like, the thing that Nintendo does is that it, it is, I think that to, like, operate a a a business currently, especially, like, in, in games, most companies have come to terms with the fact that some of your players are going to operate in a legal gray area. And that, like, to have a community for your video game, people are going to act in a weird gray area that is kind of outside of your control, right? Whether it be from uh, the integration of mods into, or, like, mod managers into your game, to um, the way in which, like, devs will, you know, encourage communities to run their own tournaments, blah, 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 blah. And Nintendo is completely um will just completely demolish any gray area work um and is like i i none of this is surprising to me um it could come out that nintendo did say to shut down the tournament and i wouldn't be that surprised like i i it's they're a weird company uh that i feel like doesn't actually continues to not really understand um or has made different priorities that i would regarding how to run communities um and and well and, you know, and if you're going to exact control um not that you know studios like riot are necessarily like uh paragons of virtue but uh they have like these companies that have m- multiplayer games that are going to have huge infrastructures around them external to the day-to-day operations of the game they build out the internal infrastructure to to let external organizers do the work they need to do and i've always gotten the impression that nintendo sort of does kind of the bare minimum um when it when it comes to this and it can get them into trouble and it can create a lot of tension with the very audience that you know helps sustain the 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 company in between releases whereas you know you have you know i'm not shocked that nintendo isn't you know like building collegiate esports for you know smash brothers or anything like that there's not a company interested in in doing that but when you don't spend more time building that out, having the people in place, having the regulations in place. Um, I think you end up in places like this because I'm not surprised that there's like messiness amongst community organized tournaments. That's sort of the nature of it, right? Like these are like loosely organized, barely uh, like kind of put together things, you know, often in the the best case scenario. And so when something like this gets a little rickety um, and egos get involved, uh, not super shocking that all of a sudden it becomes kind of like drama stacked on top of drama stacked on top of drama, um, all sort of like linked back to Nintendo not necessarily having like the best hold on how to even handle a community for for Smash Brothers, which is which was true 15 years ago and remains true uh, today. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Uh, lastly, uh, before we get into some of the games that uh, we have been playing, I uh, just wanted to note, because we've been following a lot of what's happening with Activision Blizzard, um, is that uh, there's a, uh, they're the second uh, studio uh, has unionized uh, over uh, at Blizzard Albany. I'll quote from this Polygon piece by Nicole Carpenter, uh, who has done a lot of great work on this uh, over at uh, Polygon more uh, broadly. Uh, quote, Activision Blizzard quality assurance workers at the company's Blizzard Albany studio in upstate New York voted Friday in favor of forming a union. It's the second union under Activision Blizzard following Raven Software's vote in May. The group of approximately 20 QA workers called Game Workers Alliance Albany was given the go-ahead vote in October, after which Activision Blizzard requested the election be delayed for a board review. The National Labor Relations Board denied that request on Wednesday. Like with Raven Software, Activision Blizzard wanted to have the entire studio vote on the union. Blizzard Albany's QA workers have been voting in the lead-up to the count, which was originally scheduled for November 18th, but was delayed due to bad weather, a blizzard. On Friday, the election results came in 14 yes votes on the union with no votes against it. There were 18 eligible voters, uh, the the board said, with three votes challenged. Uh, uh, Game Workers Alliance Albany, like Raven Software, is represented by Community Workers of America. Uh, Blizzard Albany Associate Test Analyst Amanda Deep said in a statement that the group was inspired by Raven Software's QA union and that uh, Albany hopes to inspire more video game studios to uh, to unionize, um, and then Activision's kind of response to all this, which I, uh, was something that uh, Ren, uh, you were um, following when you were writing about this, was uh, essentially we want the whole the whole union, the whole company to to, to vote. Uh, the statement they gave to Polygon was, "quote We are considering all options with a focus on what is best for all employees and to provide the best games for our millions of players. We still believe our entire Albany team should have the right to vote. This is about fundamental fairness and rights." For every member of the team, uh, Ren, as someone who's been kind of yeah. following this as it's gone along, uh, you know, is there anything surprising about like this result no. or where we are no. in the process? No, I mean, like the ju- like the Blizzard's attempt here was laughable um, from the from the like lawyers I spoke to uh, and and experts on like union. Um, the history of like labor organizing and labor law in America. This is like the most stand one, the most standard approach you could do um, is just to drag it out as long as you can, uh, because unions have fewer resources than uh, companies, right? And so, even if this was going to, the purpose of of attempting to impound the votes wasn't to win. They didn't want to win. They just wanted to drag it out longer for people and see if they could wear them down. And they failed uh, pretty miserably because the arguments were bad. Uh, it took the judge, uh, if that was happened on the... Okay, yeah. It took about 20 days um, for the uh, judge to go, no, that's dumb. We're not impounding the votes. That's 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 silly. Um, Blizzard's argument um, was uh, multifaceted uh, and all of the facets were bad. Uh, and so it's it's unsurprising to me that the NLRB um, just pushed it through. Also, because, again, the thing to note is that the um, National Labor Relations Board currently is pretty pro-union. We are we are mm-hmm. in, a, in a pretty pro-union phase of the NLRB. Um, and so n- this is not surprising. Um, it's a huge win, um, but it is like the, the work was already done by the organizers. It was just kind of getting it over the finish line. Um, I think this is, this is really excellent and I'm, and I'm extremely happy for them. Yeah. I'm really encouraged. Uh, it's, you know, now, you know, you have kind of back to back sort of wins. Um, and obviously as we've seen what happened with Starbucks and Amazon, like they're not always going to turn out this way. Right. Like, especially as these, uh, votes, uh, potentially like get bigger or studio wide, I think people should be prepared that they're, it's not always just going to be, uh, 
all unions all the time. Um, that that's it's a more complicated uh, sort of trajectory than that. But given where we have been in the past in regards to unions, and we again we we still don't have contracts for any of these. Like that is like the really complicated next step for um, you know these these QA firms uh, that are unionizing uh, within Activision Blizzard. But boy, just to have even these these even if it's just QA teams, even if it's just a handful, uh, they are steps on a ladder to something more meaningful and give a lot of hope and guidance to other places that want to do it. You need people to do like this really gutsy work and Mm -hmm. get, even if it's just a handful of people organizing so that you can be inspired to do that elsewhere. And I don't know where that's going to happen. It's, it's hard to tell where the dominoes are going to fall going forward, but you know, especially given that we are entering like more broadly an economic contraction period in the economy. It's like, you know, it's showing up in, in, in weird and different ways. Um, more people can be employed than other than ever. And the market goes, well, that sucks. Um, and, but uh, games as an industry, uh, expanded so widely during COVID that there was going to be a natural contraction regardless of what happened. And, Boy, the thing you would want in place, most ideally, when there are going to be cuts, when there's going to be things squeezed, is that you could be organized and represented so you can be at the table when those decisions are made and have some kind of influence on how stuff like that happens. Uh, and, uh, you know, these these unions are not there yet, but they have gotten themselves, you know, a foot in the door to to be able to have a little more agency in that process. And I, I hope it remains inspiring for for other folks to try and do the same. Cause it is definitely, if you can do it at Activision Blizzard, yeah. boy, it sure seems like you might be able to do it anywhere. Um, yeah. And uh, I think, I hope that is uh, some of the, the lessons here is that it's one thing when I forget that indie studio that tragically went under. Vodio. Uh, yes. You know, that was cool. And it was great that they were voluntarily recognized. You know, that's, we'd love to see it <laughs> where the boss just goes, yep, you should do that. Um, and then that studio went under uh, through no fault of of the union or the organizing. Um, and the the head of the company was uh, uh, Asher Volmer, I, I believe is the, the name of the, the head of that uh, studio, uh, was quick to point that out. Um, but it's another for it to happen within a much larger company infrastructure. Um, and so hopefully it's the not the first of many, but the two of many uh, yeah. going going forward. If, if there's anything to learn from this, uh, I would say that uh, micro units are good. They are easier to organize uh, and companies are very afraid of them. Uh, so if you're going to if you're worried about organizing your whole your whole company, just organize your team, organize the people you work directly with. Um, you can always expand. It's what we yeah. did here. Right. Like we we had different units. And then there was a, a moment during our most recent contract where it f- seemed to make a lot of sense to actually group people into a larger bucket. And so. Like when you find that common ground over time with like different sort of like union units, uh, maybe there is an instance in which like, hey, actually, there's so much overlap in terms of what we all want. Like we might as well be able to have a bigger fist that we can swing in negotiations. Um, But I think what this is showing is that it's just easier to get a smaller group on the same page. And then you can figure out where those like kind of shared values and shared sort of experiences at the at the job can can overlap and and maybe allow for a bigger unit to, to come out of it as a result. Uh, elsewhere, outside of news, uh, Ren, I know that your your gaming over the last week and a half um, has been a little up and down, but you have written down here that you've been playing Warhammer Darktide, which I know yes. is a game 
a lot of folks uh, have been looking forward to. It's it's just an early access right now, right? No. No? No, it is a, it is officially it released. It had a beta period. It okay. had a beta right, period, okay. and now it's official... It, it's a it's officially released. Uh-huh, I'm doing a lot. Uh-huh. I'm doing a lot of winking. Um, <laughs> it's it's 100 still in a beta. This is this is how they, there are features that aren't in the game yet. Um, crafting mechanic aspects of the crafting system aren't in there yet. It's it is fundamentally not done. Um, which is a bummer. what is Warhammer Darktide? Warhammer 40k Darktide is basically a uh, horde a horde shooter um, meleeer, I guess. <laughs> Um, in the in the tradition of a Left 4 Dead, um, of a Warhammer Vermintide uh, one and two, uh, Darktide is is taking that um, structure established in Vermintide, which is a complex melee system and character abilities um, against thousands of rats. Um, has rats? them take yeah Vermintide vermin is about tide. fighting rats. It's called Vermintide. It's, it's tide there's a vermin. tide of vermin. Rob. <laughs> I guess I didn't put that Rob, together. Is it the year of the rat? We got a plague tale and dark tide. Like rat fans or people who don't like rats are feasting. Well, dark tide doesn't have rats. That's Vermintide. That's the that's the mm, oh, that's sorry, the, that's the Warhammer, not the Warhammer forty <laughs> k. Okay. Uh-huh, no, uh-huh, Patrick. Patrick, that's oh, you're being so silly. You didn't <laughs> you didn't hear the one syllable that was different. Um, <laughs> no, Dark Tide, you're fighting guys. Uh, you're fighting. Well, let's be honest. They're guys who've gone goblin mode. To, to the <laughs> ultimate form of goblin mode is to pray to the chaos god Nurgle. Who Nurgle? Nurgle. You know Nurgle. from from uh. <laughs> Garfield. From disease? From Garfield's. From no, no, Garfield. no. You'll you'll recognize what? You'll, no, no, no. You'll recognize Nurgle from his work on disease. Uh, is that on is that Nurgle's specialty? Yes, is on is on grimy guys. What's is the, on poxes. What's the what's the, what's the, what's the Garfield um, character? Nermal. Nermal. You're thinking of Nermal. I'm thinking of Nermal. Nermal? Yeah. You're thinking of Nermal Cotto. No, no, no. Cotto. Cotto. Yeah, I was, Cotto, making, Cotto, I was trying to make a Nermal in Garfield is not. <laughs> they're, they're praying no, it's to okay. I, I get how you would be confused sometimes normal from garfield does sp- spread pox and pestilence wherever he goes but <laughs> yeah. like that's a time to time thing it's not like what defines him unlike nurgle that's what defines nurgle right. is the right. spread of, of pox and pestilence are are gods in warhammer is that like a uh is that real d- so they're real. They're like real. actual gods, like not just like big powerful wizards that people just treat as gods. Mm-mm, mm-mm, no, okay. chaos gods, chaos gods, real, real gods. So they're actually uh, in a different like ethereal plane. Yes, in yes. Wh- okay. you can go. You All can right. go there. You don't want to go there. What is it called? What is it called? Let me be really. Cl- let me be. Let me be. Michelle, let me be clear. You don't want to go there. You do not want to go to the chaos. Michelle realm. really wants to go though. <laughs> Shalvan needs spring, to go. Spring break in the in 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 the, in the heaven realm of Warhammer 40k. Yeah, uh, don't go there. It's not good. Uh, but okay, all right, fair enough. Here's the problem. Here's the problem, mm. Patrick. Nurgle loves to manifest. Loves to manifest. Loves to have a cult. Loves to loves to have people praying to the chaos god of Nurgle to spread their disease and pestilence. And once that happens, your shit's kind of fucked. Like, it, okay. I'll be honest, the ship you're on, it, because Warhammer has these, like, hive worlds, which are basically city si- world planet-sized cities filled with, like, billions upon billions upon billions of people. And when you have that many people, and you have, like, one cult of Nurgle, shit gets real bad 
real mm. fast. Um, and so basically <laughs> in Dark Tide, you are one of four uh, classes of formerly imprisoned, pretty much always wrongly imprisoned, uh, members of the Imperium, uh, citizens of the Imperium, who uh, are broken out of prison uh, and then end up saving a, uh, I think she's an Inquisitor. Yeah, you save an Inquisitor. Um, she's hot and cool. Um, you save a hot, cool Inquisitor, all. and then she's like, yes, of course, that's what <laughs> unites all Inquisitors. Uh, and then she's like, thank you. Would you like to fight as a military conscript for the rest of your life? And you're like, well, the other option is execution. And she's like, you're correct. The other option is execution. <laughs> so would you hmm. like to fight for the Imperium for the rest of your life? And you go, yeah, I, f I fucking guess. Um, and then you go into these big maps and do objective-based gameplay while fighting hordes of hundreds and hundreds of grimy boys, of, of, of guys who, let's be honest, have gone goblin mode. Um <clears throat> in the worst way possible. Um, they haven't just gone goblin mode. They've gone ghoul mode. They've Ooh. gone grimy ghoul mode. It's not good. It's, it's really bad in there. Uh, and you got to chop them up with your big uh, chain sword. Um, and it's just a really fun horde based like shooter um, slash melee-er. Um, there are four classes. Um, each are like different takes on what the Imperium does. Uh, one of them is the Ogren, who are abhumans, who are just like, they're big guys. And Ogren is just, let me, let me show you how big an Ogren is in comparison. Abhuman? Abhuman. It's human not good. Abs? No. Big. They're no, big. They're unfortunately. big guys. Um, let me see if I can find a dark tide. Here, I'll search dark tide omen. Dark Tide Ogren. Well, I assume it's this person on the cover art. Um, uh, let me paste this if, if this is if this is correct. So like this, the big, yes, the big guy. The big okay. guy. And He's that big. is scaled to how big they are compared to the other. So that's a class? Game. Yes. Yeah. You can just be that big guy. Why wouldn't you just be that big guy? Well, because the other classes are also really fun. Because um, the other okay. classes, one like, of the other like, classes mm, can blow people's brains up with magic. Yeah. So the, the, there's the Ogren, who are big boys. They're very defensive. They can smack guys around. They've got a big shield sometimes. They can carry fuck-off big weapons. Uh, then you have Zealots, who uh, are like the game's like heavy melee class. Um, they're humans who like to carry like dual-handed chain swords and just like uh, through motherfuckers. Uh, and then there are Preachers, who are like a... Sorry, sorry. Uh, sharpshooters who are uh, like supports slash like uh, rifle focused. And then finally, there's the class that I like to play, the Psychers. Yeah. Uh, and Psychers yeah. use their brain powers to blow people up. Um, mm. And so the game is really well designed uh, for one of these like Left 4 Dead likes. Um, the rhythm of each class is totally unique unto them. Uh, and At this point, is it is, are they even Left 4 Dead likes as much as I feel like the Warhammer 40k games are almost a more the mainstream like it's been so long since the left for dead right usually when i hear people excited about a new one of these types of games it's actually whatever the new one is from wherever 40k right. at this point it's, it's the vermin tide it's the yeah. Yeah. yeah um the classes are really fun is the thing like and like distinct from one another so like the pitch on the psyker right take your standard like left for dead you're fighting a horde right mm-hmm 
What the Psyker does is the Psyker's job is to take out the elite enemies instantly. Uh, the Psyker has an ability where they can just instantly kill most kinds of enemy by making their brains explode um, with their that cool seems like psychic a pretty powers. Cool power. Yeah, like, it's really good. So is this uh, the kind of situation where, like, you know, I'm, if I'm playing the big boy, yeah. I'm doing a more crowd control and, like, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, it's not – precision is not necessarily the name of the game. But when you're playing as the class that you're playing as, that's very much kind of – I don't know, like if it's necessarily a perfect analog, but like a sniper class where it's like, hey, like you have a very specific role to take out these very specific enemies. Like, don't fuck it up for a little bit. So part of the thing is that like as a psyker, there's a really long charge time on that ability. So your friends have to protect you. So it's like, okay, cool. We see a sniper because the snipers are the most annoying fucking elites in this game. They will one or two shot you. They're really, really dangerous. Um, We see a sniper over there. Galt will say, because I play this with Galt a lot, Galt mm-hmm. will be like, Red oh, he, is a sniper he, over Galt, there. Galt took a, day, took a day off of work. It didn't, didn't even wait long enough for me to, hey, do you need a code, Galt? I already bought it. I was like, okay, Galt. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's delightful that you can, like, you know, given what we all do for a living, that there can still be a game that gets you that excited that you no. want to take it. Like, I mean, I mean, genuinely, like, I don't, I don't feel that because games, I have such a different relationship with them. And when I, Galt told me, like, that's what they were doing. I was like, that means... That makes that brings me so much joy that you could be that excited <laughs> for a game that you want to do that. Like, yes, you good, just get it. It's so good. It, Galt's also really fun to play with. Um, he has a he has a very good group of people um, that I that I enjoy playing with a lot. And so Galt would be like, "Ren, there's a sniper over there," and then I blow up the sniper's head. What that does uh, is it spends a re- it gives me it raises a bar called my peril bar, and if I do too many of those head explosion attacks in a row. I explode and die instantly. <laughs> um, basically, you you have a bar where it's like you have to manage how much chaos energy you're, how much warp energy wow. you're. Isn't that just to. reflective of life itself? I'm just <laughs> just working on my chaos energies. Exactly. Um, but it also gives you a buff that buffs your other damage types, and so the psyker gets into this really cool rhythm of. Killing enough enemies with the brain burst attack to keep stacks of this buff up. You want four stacks uh, to six stacks, depending on on your character. Um, Currently, I only have four stacks. I want to get up to six. Um, And so four stacks of this damage buff. And so once you have that damage buff, you then switch off of your brain burst attack to your actual weapons, um, which also have peril-specific abilities. And so... The really cool rhythm of the Psyker is being this extremely powerful single target DPS character and then getting all of these damage buffs by doing single target DPS and then switching to a crowd control character who's all about taking out a big horde of enemies while you have this uh, attack buff on. And so the rhythm becomes about trying to stem off the horde while also maintaining this buff by taking out uh enemies with this like long charge attack and it's a really really satisfying rhythm um and the psyker specific weapons the force sword and the force staff are really fun uh the force sword has an ability that basically just lets you one shot any elite um for less peril than the brain burst but you don't get a stack off of it and so it's basically Mm. like oh shit i should not have let myself get in the situation button because it charges instantly and kills instantly uh and then the other one is a staff that can have a bunch of different elements tied to it that can do like crowd control abilities and so the psyker is all about this rhythm of switching from single target dps to crowd control in a way that is just like extremely fucking satisfying and every class has a 
distinct but ever changing and ever dynamic role like that. Um, it's 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 really cool um, and and very fun to play. Would you? I know you noted uh, at the top that it's kind of a work in progress, even though it's not formally in early access. Do you think there's enough here that you would tell people like, hey, it's worth checking out, or is this kind of a hey, it's really encouraging? Maybe give it you know a couple weeks, a couple months. Like, where do you kind of feel you're at on the game at, at the moment? There's plenty of video game here. Uh, also, plenty of tech issues is the problem. Mm. There's there's as much video game as there is tech issue. Um, I'm still having crashes. Um, if you turn on ray tracing, your game is is going to run like shit. I think they. I think that I saw that they turned like literally server side have yeah. turned it off where yeah. you just cannot play with it because it was causing so many issues that they couldn't quite. Uh, figure out. I mean, you can always tell like a game is both exceptionally popular and the community is a little uh, grumbly when like right now this game has mixed reviews yet has 33,000 of them. So it's like everyone is buying this game and is also going <laughs> like they really like it and they'd like it to be better, which is a good place to be right. Like that's, you know, yeah. you, you, you could be doing worse, but um it sounds like maybe the the worst thing in the world would not be to let this game kind of stretch its legs for a little bit while they figure out some of the the fundamentals but it sounds like the the bones are strong for this to be really special it is, it is really uh, all right well we are going to take a quick break a break that frankly you don't have to listen to if you sign up for waypoint plus using the holiday sale using the code wayholiday of waypointplus.com but if you're one of those people it doesn't have that. Or just loves listening to ads. Who knows? Everyone's got their thing. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. And we're back. This has been sitting on our planning document for a couple of weeks now, but I finally want to put a bow on it, uh, if only to make myself feel guilty for not having played it yet. Uh, And yet Kato and Ren both have uh, Signalis, uh, a game that Ren was extremely high on when uh, uh, you were talking about it, I don't know, you know, a month and change back. Uh, Kato then went in and played it, and my understanding is that both of you have finished it. Uh, and I'm curious how it ended up. Kind of, I guess we haven't heard what you thought yeah. of it to begin with, because so maybe we want we start there before we talk about how the game uh, finished up. Yeah, uh, Signalis, uh, really, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, kind of a stunning, uh, stunningly put together game, like aesthetically, I think. Yes. Uh, and it, uh, for people who don't remember or missed the first time around, it's essentially a. Um, top-down view sort of uh think uh resident evil think actually i think this 
really what it is is like a horror horror ms horror metal gear solid uh like it has the same kind of camera camera views um and kind of movement and stuff so uh that's actually what i more closely kind of related to as far as gameplay goes uh but um it um i think it does it, it, throughout the game has does like some really really uh kind of amazing things with perspective and there are a few times when uh and and uh the like concept of time and memory um are really interesting in this game which is you know it's it's a low poly game you know it looks like it could have maybe come out on the ps2 but or ps1 if you like squint it's like you know one of those where it's like they're playing in the the aesthetic space without yeah, without without necessarily uh, the making themselves technically beholden. Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and uh, you know, it tells the story. You play as a, a replicant, which uh, are these uh, humanoids that you're not. It's not a hundred percent clear to me uh, whether or not they're um, all the same i mean they're called replicants so if they're all each each model is exactly the same copy of the same person but they are they're the right like yes the, so each every of the model lines is like a just yeah, so one person yeah yes replicants are basically what happens is uh they find a human gestalt uh and they take their brain they take the site the 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 bio resonance of their brain uh, and they basically scan the brain and they put it into uh, a line of robot bodies um, called replicants. Right. Um, and you are playing uh, an Elster unit uh, who is one of the one of these replicants, uh, one of the rarest types of replicants. And part of the thing is that replicants both do and do not have the memories of their gestalts. If your replicant begins exhibiting the memories of their gestalt, that is a problem. Um, right. They're meant to be so, copies that in like... Uh, like if if the person if that person got amnesia, like you know, they remember things about the world, or like they know things about the world enough to function within the world, but aren't supposed to have the memories of the actual person, right? Right. They have um, skills, not yeah, memories. Yeah. Um. Obviously, the uh, uh, and you learn this throughout the game. You know, being made in order to kind of uh be a new labor force, and there's like a bunch of different political kind of. Uh, goings on in this like universe um there's an empire that i forget if the empire originally made them or they were made to fight against the empire it's a little it's a little wishy-washy at times on the exact details of that but um it's one of those where you're essentially getting most of your lore through uh yeah this is the part that's most like resident evil where it has like when you pick up an item it has that little like overlay of the text on top of the item as you like read what's on it um structure wise the game structurally is a silent hill it's it it is it is structurally a silent hill a resident evil but i would say closer to a Mm. closer to a silent hill than a resident evil yeah Uh, Um, says the person who just played a bunch of silent hill games (laughs) yes yes i do yes and that is that is that is i i i know that uh, and also know that Signalis understands what it means to evoke Silent Hill and invoke the exact visual language of Silent Hill. Yeah. Um, one of the like the major aesthetic markers of Signalis is 
going down holes, going down hole after hole after hole, getting deeper and deeper into the earth. And that is 100% the second half of Silent Hill 2. Is, is, it, um, is it earth? Yes. Is it is it ground? Well, into the earth. Um, <laughs> or is it flesh? Uh, as you get deeper and deeper, you start to question uh, whether or not uh, the thing you're in is alive or not. Um, but it has it has this it has this really fun kind of old school classic. Um, this this was like um, if you played Metal Gear Solid at the end of Metal Gear Solid, you would get like a a rank or whatever. It'd be like your snake mm-hmm. rank, depending on how you played the game. Uh, Signalis has does this with its endings. It has, I believe, four total endings. One of them you get through mm-hmm. a very specific sequence of like finding items and like that's a whole thing. Uh, the other three though are based on your play style, basically. This is also Silent um, Hill. This is also Silent Hill okay, two yeah. and one. <laughs> um, and um, essentially, I just think that the the it's. It's one of those where, like, I think the thing that I want to say is like it's a it's better than the sum of its parts. Like it, it's it leans very heavily on the references it's making, but somehow doesn't feel derivative even then, right? Like it's very like obvious where it's pulling its inspirations from. Um, but I think uh, most of those pulls are mechanics mechanics that even themselves are tweaked or uh aesthetics that are also you know made their own but uh it doesn't feel like a knockoff right which which is frequently when i've seen you know games like and i you know love a resident evil like or a silent hill like but too often they feel like oh boy you just wanted to make a new silent hill game and uh and they have made a pale imitation that like feels it's in the ballpark but not not in the way that you think it does. And it's, it sounds like part of what's so impressive about Signalis is that it's it's definitely leaning on and pulling yeah. from all these influences while defining its own identity and is better for it. It wears yeah. its influences on its sleeve, but it doesn't feel derivative. And I think that's like hard to do. Um, yeah. And, and, and the big thing is that they've, they're not trying to tell a story that is exactly like any of the things they're referencing right like it's a it's a it's a synthesis of a, a, a couple of the different things that they're referencing and has their own like kind of uh twist to it that i think makes it their own you know like they did a spectacular job and if you're a fan of those types of games you absolutely need to check this game out um it's on game pass go this free if you have game free you know Whatever, <laughs> but go fucking download. Like if you, yeah. yeah, if you're already subbing, you it's know, also it's, short. It is there, it's also like which short? I don't like eight know. hours. It's like eight. Okay. It's, it's like eight to ten. Eight hours. to ten hours. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, actually short. Not like <laughs> yeah. So, uh, do uh, Ren? Uh, the last time we checked in with you, you were towards the end, but had not necessarily seen it all the way through. Did you feel like? I know you're very high on the narrative uh, and the storytelling. Do you feel like it landed? Because that's definitely oh, where God, games, yes. games like this can... You, you can enjoy the experience and go, well, horror stuff doesn't usually end well anyway. That's okay. Um, it's kind of it's kind of intrinsic to the genre and like the storytelling that frequently happens in the genre. But it sounds like you're actually saying this one, this one lands well. I, I think that Signalis is one of the smartest games I've played. Uh, in recent memory. Uh, I think that 
convert like comparisons to Silent Hill 2 uh, are are warranted. Uh, also, in terms of like narrative quality, uh, I think that this is like a, a really, really brilliantly done game that ends just fucking incredibly. It, it lands so hard for me, and like completely reframed the way that I think about um, like palliative care and like caregiving as an act. Um, it is, it is, it is fucking incredible. Um, it's probably my number two game of the year. Um, and that, that is with the Renata's year of narrative marker. Mm-hmm. Um, Renata's year of narrative bangers. Interesting. All right. Uh, well that, that's a, that's a good transition to, uh, just a little bit of what I've been playing. I basically have put God of War Ragnarok as much as I'm enjoying it on pause. Cause it's like, okay, I could either spend the next couple of weeks finishing this or finish nothing else. Uh, Callisto Protocol, which we talked about last week, a game that I'm not super high on, but I am going to play more of because I just like games like this and I'm, I'm okay with this one being kind of mediocre. Um, but also don't need any, I don't need to see any more of that. Like I will get to that. Uh, I will return to that. And so I'm kind of going, I basically in front of me, I have like two weeks to try and sprint through a handful of games as I think about what the year is, how I want to structure my own list. And, uh, Signalis is one that I've I've thought about, but even eight to ten hours, I'm like shit. That would be my <laughs> next two weeks. I could that that's all I could do, and so I've instead had to try and structure these where I'm like digging through. Okay, what are, what are games that I know I'm gonna love, but I definitely need to play more of. And so I've I've jumped right back into Metal Hell Singer, a game I I really really enjoyed when it came out in September. I am enjoying even more uh, now that I'm about halfway through it, and I'm working towards the back half of the game. Um, uh, when I looked up on how long to beat, it was like three and a half hours long. Three and a half hours long? Oh, my oh you're singing a great tune for me, Metal <laughs> Hell Singer. Um, I think I'm going to end up spending more time in it because I'm really enjoying the little bonus. After you finish sort of like a level where you fight a boss, usually get a new, uh, usually you get a new weapon. Um, uh, d- there are also like these challenges that can uh, – you get these perk cards – that can like let your chain continue if you like get off the beat or uh you your ultimate attack can can refresh faster and then you can upgrade those perks if you do these challenges which will like for example one of them is your weapon is going to change every kill uh which makes the arena like kind of challenging to get through because you're rotating through all these weapons and not necessarily the ones that you prefer to use because you can go into each area um regardless of song and have like your own personal loadout and so I'm enjoying that. Like what I said before, only holds up even more. Metal Hell Singer, kick-ass game, enjoying it. I think I'm going to try and finish that in the next day or two. And then I said it, and I'm taking it back because I felt guilty about it. Like I felt a deep shame <laughs> that the Forbes 30 under 30, Natalie Watson, I would not play the game that she spent so many hours working on for the last two years. And so that's the other game because I looked that up and I was like, oh, you can do it in like six-ish. I was like, okay, yeah. I could do that. And I could do Metal Hell Singer. Uh, before I have to like formalize uh, a list. And so I haven't played Immortality yet, but that is, uh, I'm putting it down. I'm putting a marker down that I will, I will play, uh, and finish that, nice. um, before, nice. before the, the, the game of the year stuff, uh, is up. Um, exactly what we're, I guess it's worth mentioning what we're, you know, if you've been following Waypoint for the last six years, uh, we had grand ambitions for game of the year stuff in the past that also followed, a grander size staff. Um, we will be doing a handful of things to celebrate the end of the year. Um, but uh, 
you know, it'll be a little more modest and in, in kind of in line with what we've done in the past couple of years. But we've got some some stuff planned that I think people will enjoy, um, which is partially why I'm trying to play some other games. And this is also a request. I remember, oh, what was, gosh, what was the game from two years ago that I played at the last second and ended up being one of my favorite games of the year? It's like a two little. Two years it, ago? Yeah, it was kind of like Animal Crossing-ish, like in aesthetic, a, a, a tail, a walk, shit. Uh, a short hike. A short hike. God, that game was so good. Yeah, I yeah. and I, I played that at the last possible second. And you know, part of the problem with playing games in the last possible second is that you can misjudge how much it's affecting you because you're kind of just doing it all in the moment. But no, that game held up. I still think a short hike is one of the best games I've played the last couple of years. So uh this is my formal request to you, the listener. Uh games that have come out this year, especially of the 60 to 90 minute or two to three hour variety uh, that you absolutely think I should check out, like that I should try and uh, plug in before uh, the year is up. Like, please write in uh, with those suggestions, either formally to uh, to, to uh, uh, into our question bucket or just, you know, send me a DM um, or at me on Twitter because I'm definitely in that mode where I'm trying to carve out extra time to, to play those games. Um, so if you have any recommendations, please let me know. Uh, before we get to the question bucket, though, um, Ren, why were you playing Pillars of Eternity? Which is no judgment on Pillars of Eternity, but uh, how does one arrive? I, I assume in a, uh, a you know a mirage of sickness. But we, wh- where do we end up with playing uh, an old, not old, but you know, old in terms of the games we talk about? Uh, yeah, that's uh, old. RPG. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened? What happened was. Um, I said to myself, uh, well, before I got sick, I was like, I'm going to start playing Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, on my PlayStation Vita when I'm not, don't have to do anything at work. And then you're the cafe. I, I'm tired of waiting it, for Natalie and legitimately, Rob to finish System Legitimately, shock. I was like, <laughs> I would like to play, I would like to play the video game Final Fantasy Tactics, please. And so I started playing Final Fantasy Tactics and I was like, and then I got sick. And when I got sick, I was like, I hunger for tactics. I feel like shit. I feel like dog shit. I hunger for, I hunger for strategy. I hunger for tactics. I hunger for an RPG. Um, and so I picked up my Nintendo Switch and I saw that Pillars of Eternity was on sale for $10 on the Nintendo Switch. Now you might be thinking to yourself, Renata, did you play a CRPG on the Nintendo Switch? <laughs> yes, I did. Was it a good idea? No, it fucking wasn't. Listen. No, I, I famously remember this game, like the audience being pretty upset, and they eventually just abandoned patching it. They did. They sure. Hey, let me tell. Whoa. Hey, hey, Patrick. Hey, <laughs> hey, Patrick, buddy. Let me tell yeah. you, they sure fucking did abandon mm, patching yeah. it. Uh, I have had more crashes in that game than I think any game I've ever played. The loading screens take between, I'd say, 15 seconds and like a minute and a half. Um, And when you have consistent crashing, listen, I could have beaten Pillars of Eternity by now if I had not lost what I'm going to guess is probably two hours to bugs and uh bugs and crashes uh and and other assorted problems i have learned the i have learned the list of spells i can't use because if i use those spells it will disable the all of my spells so uh i know that i can't use the chanter spell uh I know I can't do that. Uh, I know. And that's the thing, Patrick. 
That's the thing. The reason that I got it on the Nintendo Switch is that Nintendo Switch can live on couch. Mm-hmm. And my head hurts so bad. Yeah. My head and body hurt so bad. So I'm going to apply body to couch. <laughs> only, ca- body only go on couch. Head hurt so bad. Only, only couch. Never chair. Never, ever chair. Uh, and you just so, need to, um, what is, Valve is doing a thing for the Game Awards where they're giving away a Steam Deck every minute if you're watching through Steam. <laughs> you know, just load up a browser. Right, yeah. and just see if you can get your get your number pulled. Get my number because <laughs> it sounds yeah. like sounds like you could actually just catch up to where you're at in the game pretty quickly if you. Oh no, I'm at a, the end. Oh, you <laughs> are. Oh wow, you've actually you've actually oh, just gotten no, that far. No, no, Patrick. Yeah, I I I want to be clear. When I get severely depressed or very sick, uh-huh. my my I I enter goblin mode. That's not a short um, game. It, Patrick, I know. <laughs> I was. I have been alone. In my apartment by myself for the last week and change, uh, just sitting in silence. My options are sit in silence in my empty apartment uh, or play Pillars of Eternity. And so I may or may not have beaten uh, the game's first three acts, uh, the first half of the expansion White Marches, uh, and also all of the bounties, which are the additional enemies you can fight just for some loot. Uh, And also, uh, I will start the White Marches Part 2 probably after work today and can kind of run through that one real quick. Okay, this um, is all right. 36 wow. hours to the main story, eight hours for the White March part one, eight hours for one. That's okay. That's a little bit less than, I'm I'm less taken aback. That actually makes a ton of sense for just a week on a couch, <laughs> like yeah. passing out in between like naps and things like that. Doing yeah, yeah. 60 hours is is pretty normal. Yeah, I would say I, I would say that I've put between 60 and 70 hours into Pillars of Eternity. Okay, um, right. In the last, uh, last week. But here's what I'll say. Man, no... Hey, y'all heard of this Josh Sawyer guy? He seems, yeah, uh, he seems <laughs> Petamus uh, is a game that I think uh, people really liked this year. Yeah, Petamus really, I've heard it's really good. Um, yeah, it turns out that what? guy's really good at writing. That guy's really good at putting words on into a video game. I'm going to spoil the, the the turn. So if you don't, if you care about Pillars of Eternity spoilers, skip ahead like a minute. Pillars of Eternity has a lore reveal. That is one of the sickest things I've ever seen, which is that it reveals at the very end of the game that all of the gods were actually made by people because the previous society of ancients that you were finding ruins of throughout the game basically got so good at soul magic and so good at science that they they basically were like, okay, we can scientifically prove that the gods aren't real. Either they're dead or they never existed. And then they went, well, that fucking sucks. This is a, that's a that's a huge bummer. Wait, we gotten really good at soul magic. What if we took an entire nation's worth of people, tossed them in a soul blender, and then made a new pantheon of gods from the energy? That's uh, good. And then they <laughs> good make, for them. They make a new pantheon, uh, and then the game takes place uh, in the ruins of that civilization. Uh, among oh, you're the saying something went wrong. Oh, I mean, they, they, when I say they put everyone <laughs> they put in the blender, everyone Patrick, in the blender Patrick. I mean, they put 
everyone in the blender. Mm. What they did was they put everyone in the blender except for like eight dudes. And those eight dudes went around proselytizing about these new gods. And then they did not have children, so their memories would fade into history. Uh, and so basically the civilization wiped out all trace of themselves so they could become the new gods of the world. Uh, and so then the game then takes place um, looking at a dispute between these extremely human, extremely fallible gods that we made. Um, it is it is a game that is like deeply interested in how people construct identity, um, both on like a social like on, on, a, on a like cultural and social level, but also on the individual level. What do you believe in? How do you how do those identities and beliefs get constructed over time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Um, and it's doing it really, really, really well. Um, I'm I'm kind of blown away by how much I like Pillars of Eternity. I have I have downloaded Pillars of Eternity too on my on my computer. It is it is sitting there waiting for when I finally beat this game and I'm free of the Nintendo Switch uh, and can actually <laughs> play it on a on a on a system that is capable of running it properly that doesn't have the worst performance issues and the worst bugs I've ever seen on a device. I'm I'm, I'm thrilled with Pillars of Eternity. Excellent. Well, I'm the, the fact that, you know, it could speak to you that much despite uh all the hiccups on that platform seems to speak pretty highly of the the game they've built. So uh, cool. Well, we'll have to loop around when you get to the to the end of that to see how uh, I want to hear how what ha- what happens with the gods. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but before we uh, depart, uh, let's uh, take a, a brief dip into the question bucket. Uh, you can write in with your own questions uh, to gamingadvice.com with the topic questions. Uh, this first one comes in Greg from C- Cleveland. Dear Waypoint, chatting with friends recently, I used the phrase "quote coming in shit hot." in reference to Warhammer 40k Darktide's release date. I was immediately torn apart for it. Nobody else accepted or had heard this phrase used with anything other than positive connotations. Quote, that's hot, etc. Reflecting, I think I must have picked it up from Patrick or someone else in the Waypoint crew. Someone has said it often enough to infiltrate my internal phrase book. For my first question, how confident are you in the universality of this particular phrase? Might it have only had traction in your corner of games reporting? And more generally, has there ever been a phrase that you've used confidently only to realize later that nobody else thinks it means what you think it means. Fuck capitalism. Go home, shit hot. Greg from Cleveland. I don't think I've used the term I've shit hot, but I feel like this could be a red phrase. I've never heard shit hot once in my life. No? This is, this has, I have never heard these sequence of syllables even even once. Coming in hot. Coming, coming in hot. shit hot. Yeah. Coming in hot. I know, I, I know. Coming in hot means it's coming in really hot off the press. It's messy. Right. It's 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 spicy. It's passionate. Maybe so, uh, maybe just say like, so. We used it as you know the way that you toss in curse words just to like add emphasis to that to that right. phrase. Because there's but, coming in hot, and then there's coming like, in shit hot. Shit I mean, I hot. see. I I I can see it. I just don't. But like, I'm gonna need more evidence. Yeah. from the audience. Can does anyone can anyone pinpoint where this who said it this phrasing came from? Who said it? Why they say it? In what context? Or is Greg from Cleveland going to have to do some more introspective work to figure out? What, what? Also, I just enjoy the fact that I feel like if someone said that, yeah, I would j- broadly know what they meant, right? Even if I'd not heard, like it's self-explanatory. And so, Greg from Cleveland, what what kind of friends you got? <laughs> where you say a phrase that I feel like on its face is self-explanatory, and then you are ripped apart for. For saying it, I think that is unnecessary. I think you're in the clear. Like wherever you heard it from here or somewhere else, 
Shit hot is a phrase that I think makes sense, yeah. even though I don't think you heard it. You can me. use context clues to figure it out. Like, it's not that hard, I feel like. There's a new Blue's Clues movie coming out. Sit your friends down, have them watch it, and then let's talk about shit hot again. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think about the second question. The There's a, uh, a phrase you've used confidently, only to realize later that nobody else thinks it means what you think it means. I didn't have anything that came to mind... There was, what was the word that I, hmm. Here's the, here's the thing. I know for a fact this has happened many times in my life. I couldn't fucking tell you a single one. I'm trying to remember Would, them, right? Isn't just, that part of the point? Yeah. Like, if, you, if you're so chronically use, misusing phrases, it's, I mean, this happens <laughs> with my wife. My wife is just incapable of internalizing the actual way to say popular turns of phrase. Right. And for a while I was keeping a note that had them in it and then it was just like i can't this is just embarrassing you can't <laughs> do this and you know what she means right but it's just not it's not the Doesn't phrase so I, I can't think of a something specific like this but the one so when i was very young i must have been 12 or 13 it was like one of the, i think it might have been the one of the first e3s that i went to and i ended up going to a meetup with some of the folks that i had met in uh, IRC, who like were folks who wrote for like EGM and stuff like that, and uh, I, this is a trait that I still carry to this day. If you've listened to Waypoint Radio, in which I encounter a word that I've only ever looked at and then have to say, and I just there are some people who can suss it out. Like Rob can look at a name and kind of figure it out and say it with some confidence that it's in the ballpark. I can't do that. Like and uh. So I remember for some reason, I don't know the context, but I like had, I was like speaking in this room and uh I I said persuado nim. And like the entire the entire room just looks at me. Now granted I'm like 12 or whatever. They're like, "What?" And I'm like, "Yeah, like, you know, when you adopt a persuado nim and <laughs> like pseudonym?" Oh, uh, oh. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, uh no. well, this sucks. Um <laughs> gonna mark that one away i've never forgotten that like when i say that word i like will always feel that deep shame because it happened in such a public way in front of a bunch of people that i was trying to become like ingrained with and who are folks who are now close friends of mine like are very responsible for my career but like it was one of those like hot shame moments that i've just never been able to shake and whenever that whenever i say that word I go right back to that place all over again. Oh my god! I don't think I have one. Horrible. Persuade on him. Persuade on him. That's all right. Uh, but if people <sighs> have, uh, you know, please write into gamingadvice.com. I'll remember one have. in like five hours and be like, "Shit!" <laughs> you will. Don't worry. We can. I feel like people are going to write in with some public shamed moments yeah. and uh, with with their own persuade on him, uh, and we can <laughs> we can revisit this. Um, Chris, stop laughing, Kato. Uh, dear, hey, Waypoint crew, the other day I was going to get my oil change and caused a slight issue for the mechanics due to driving a manual transmission car. Definitely my bad. Should have given them a heads up. So we back uh, for a second on how much I despised learning a manual transmission at the age of 15, cruising around a cemetery with my mom, constantly angry about the car failing me, a.k.a. I couldn't shift between gears without killing the car. Are there any current skills you remember absolutely hating while learning, but are incredibly grateful you had someone push you through to learn? I now can't imagine driving anything other than a manual car, and I'm grateful every day my mom forced me to learn it when I started driving. Fuck capitalism, and keep up the great work. Chris. 
Hmm. I write in cursive. I didn't really hate learning to write in cursive, but I do. I do. You write enjoy in it now? Yeah, I, I didn't write in cursive in high school, and then I realized that my handwriting, my print, was completely fucking unintelligible. And then I was like, "Well, I guess I have to switch to cursive now." And then that's what I've written in since. Uh, and I actually like it a lot. It's very soothing to me now. Oh, I hate cursive. The moment I was able to give that up, all I've got is my signature. But even that is like as as now that signatures don't really mean anything like you'll sign for credit cards but like they don't it doesn't check. really matter <laughs> I, I just, it is just it is just long like long strokes of a pen to get to the other side my dad um hated signing for things so much that he just wrote like a t and then just a long line and the credit card company at one point like called him was like what are you doing he's like that's just what i'm signing i'm not changing it and they went okay and just like well we'll just mark that down in your file as like this long t is what we're looking for when we're worrying about fraud alerts kyle was there any uh anything that you were forced to learn growing up. Do you have any sort of? It doesn't even have to be something that you're grateful for. Are you? Are, you can still be annoyed about it now <laughs> and not. No, I feel like I feel like I didn't get forced into a lot of things, or even the things that were suggested, I didn't mind at the time. Um, I guess, I guess uh, playing the flute. Mm-hmm, like I, mm-hmm, I don't think mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I would have picked band, but I was basically told like. If you're going to get into the good high school, which is the performing arts high school, you have to do an mm-hmm. art. <laughs> you, pick an art, <laughs> pick any an art. art. So I was Here's like, a wall well, of art, pick one. <laughs> I guess band. Um, uh, did you end up like really learning or you just did it till like, you just kind of stumbled through it? No, I had to learn because the thing is the performing arts uh, middle school and high school are audition based. So you had to be oh, good so enough you to you had to in. actually learn this fucking flute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could you still play um, a flute? Oh yeah, I could play like um the melody from Celine Dion's I Will Go On. <laughs> <laughs> like that I Can had you to go memorize. to the new Avatar movie <laughs> with a flute, stand up in front of the audience. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm here to trip, stand uh, in tribute. Uh, that's incredible. I, I, I'm, uh, I was forced to, uh, play basketball and baseball until what? eighth grade. Like once I got to high school, I could stop. But my dad had this. My mom thought it was ridiculous. She was like, "I'm sorry, you just." you're home free when you get, to, you know, mm-hmm. it was not the kind of thing where like, Hey, pick an alternative activity. You just have to do two things, you know, and like try and like come back to one year over year to build on a skill set. So no, you're going to play basketball and you're going to play baseball until eighth grade. And then I will cease to have any interest in what your activities are. Wow. <laughs> and like, it was, it sucked. I didn't mind basketball, but I hated baseball and yeah, baseball I was forced to play. I was forced to play it through eighth grade and then just could not, where would I you certainly contribute? Where would you end up huh? on the field? Um, I was usually like shortstop. Uh, on, it's an exciting uh, place. You were you were in you were an infielder, yeah. so you actually got yeah. to play baseball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I preferred that to the outfield because mm. I hated watching a ball come. Like I never was able to like when it was like a sunny day and the ball gets hit in the air. Oh, fuck I, that. 
I wasn't worried about getting hurt. It's gonna get lost. But it was, it's like there's <laughs> literally nothing more embarrassing than just straight up missing a ball no, that there like is. you put your hand out. What no, is? No, there is. It's, it's when it lands directly on the metal dot of your baseball cap. Uh, when the ball hits you in the head directly oh, on that the fucking little, metal yeah, dot, and so your shit gets stamped up there. <laughs> that is that is more embarrassing. I I I played baseball also growing up. The problem was I didn't have my glasses yet, and my glasses are for depth perception only. Uh, I have really really good vision, but I have slightly less than really really good vision in one of my eyes, uh, and so yeah, I don't. I don't have good depth perception without them. And so for years, Boy, that would like, be difficult with really a ball bad? that is flying in <laughs> from the sky. Really bad at baseball. And the answer was, I couldn't see where the fucking ball was, uh, for most of my life. Um, so yeah, I did baseball before stopping sports for like five years and then picking up soccer in eighth grade, uh, and then playing that for a few years until I had to leave for injury. The beautiful, the beautiful game, the beautiful <laughs> game where and I think, I think part Japan of the reason I like lost Croatia on fucking penalty kicks. Damn. <laughs> talking dog shit uh, penalty kicks. Probably the thing I liked baseball more than or basketball more than baseball was also baseball is so individually focused on a play to play basis in which like the ball is coming to you. You're hitting the ball. You're throwing the ball. It is a team sport, but it begins on an individual play, and then that just increases the amount of pressure on it's part of what's why it's a fun game to watch. I enjoy watching the battle between a pitcher and a batter like that's awesome but i don't enjoy doing it and whereas in basketball if you panicked you could just throw the ball away and have someone else deal with it and so there was less moment to moment pressure if you were if you were feeling it so uh final question comes in uh from lewis hey waypoint a few years ago, we had an ice storm hit Oklahoma City uh, in October. I say Oklahoma City specifically because any further north or south on the storm's path, it was a regular rain or sleet. This being October, most of the leaves were still on the trees, so more ice was able to form on the tree branches. The subsequent branch collapses left most of the city without ground power lines in the dark. Uh, we tried to use our gas fireplace for warmth, but it was mostly just made pretty lights and heated the area within a foot of the hearth. Uh, with small animals and another freezing night ahead, we decided to flee to a friend's place in Missouri with our gang of pets. We returned four or five days later when the temperature uh, rose, hoping the power had returned uh, for, for us like most of our friends in the city, but it had not. We then endured a situation much like Rob described, where we watched as everyone across the road and for streets around regained power. We were on the inside area of a terrace uh, road and didn't get power back for two weeks. We went through the entire <laughs> 2020 election without a with a battery radio in our phones. $10,000 plus $350 a year for maintenance. Later, we have a ground-fed natural gas generator wired to the breaker that has gotten us through a handful of bad spots in the years since. Unfortunately, when the Texas power grid almost went down and Oklahoma was on the verge of planning uh, uh, planned rolling blackouts and freezing weather, we learned that a natural gas shortage is also a possibility. So I'm in the market for a wood stove now. Lewis from uh, Oklahoma City. This was a follow-up to a, a question we had uh, discussing... Uh, Forget, oh, uh, pre, uh, like what our prepper status was yeah. on an individual level, which then led to discussions of uh, moments where we have been like f feeling stranded despite the fact that you are like surrounded by homes and society, um, and specifically in the winter when the power goes out for any length of time. Uh, Ren, uh, growing up, did any instances where your family was caught without 
power for a a period of time that became less interesting and more distressing? Uh, how how many hours? Like, are we are we talking days? We're talking so yeah, like for like the short like for me, like we had a freezing cold weather with a newborn, and then the weather was the the power is out for two plus days, so we abandoned the second day because the house is getting too cold. That was like we were worried about the newborn. Rob. Rob's was out for, I want to say, the better part of a week, even though because what ended up happening was like their house was on a part of the power grid that was only like two other houses. And so they were just so low on the priority list. And so they had to abandon the house at some point, uh, I believe, and come back. Um, So, I mean, again, but again, like what your definition of distressing is does not have to extend into days or weeks if uh, uh, depending on the situation. Yeah. No, I don't I don't think I've I I can't think of a time where it was that bad. Um, okay. I've I've been I've been pretty lucky. It's mostly been like twelve hours, maybe twenty-four hours. Gotcha. Uh all right. Well that is gonna do it for Waypoint Radio and the question bucket. If you wanna write in, you can do so to gamingadvice.com with the subject line questions. Um as I mentioned uh, earlier, we have a sale ongoing as you listen to this. If you've been waiting for a chance to re-up, to sign up, uh, or to gift a uh, Waypoint Plus uh, sub. And also, the best time to do it is now, not only for the sub, but when you're doing end-of-year data collection to to show to our superiors, how is Waypoint Plus doing? The best time to sign up is now. They're paying attention now. (laughs) Uh, You can save 25% by going to uh, waypointplus.com between December 6th and December 13th. Um, to uh, use the code Way Holiday, the code Way Holiday. Um, it gets you all the perks that uh, you know we we've had on Waypoint Plus before. You get access to uh, a number of podcasts early, a number of podcast, you know, all podcasts without ads. Um, Waypoint Plus is what unlocks you know me being able to play Cyberpunk all day, uh, which I've been doing for you know the last month and change, and uh, we are now heading towards the end game of that because of the Waypoint Plus. Uh, subscribers, you know, doing sports, doing uh, my turn, um, in which we are pretty soon finally gonna watch the movie that Ren picked. Uh, <laughs> nostalgia. Sorry. If you want to be able to, if you want to be able to listen to that, uh, first, uh, you're gonna want to sign up over at waypointplus.com during the holiday sale for the next week, uh, where you can save 25% off using the code WayHoliday. Uh, where is the rest of my outro? Here it is. Oh, I would tell you this was brought to you by Waypoint Plus, but I just told you it was brought to you by Waypoint Plus. Um, Our theme music is by Bowen. The track is Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Uh, You can learn more at waypoint.zone slash Bowen. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter uh, at Waypoint, on Facebook and YouTube at Waypoint Vice. You can follow my work at Patrick Klepek on Twitter for the time being. I don't know when that joke stops to become, like, for the time being. Unfortunately, we're in a chaos state where... It's. I guess it's still going to be up. It survived the World Cup, or it has survived the World Cup so far. But, Kata, where can people follow you? <laughs> On Twitter, for now, <laughs> at a underscore <laughs> Kato underscore appears. Ren. At Ren or Raven. That's us calling time on this podcast. We'll be back later this week. Uh, Stay tuned for more details on how all the streams are going to be happening. But again, depending on when this podcast goes out, Kato and Rob will be doing some motorsports in the office in New York. We'll be doing an all-day stream on Wednesday with The Quarry and with Natalie Watson. And then hopefully watching the Game Awards on Thursday evening and then doing something else 
uh, next Tuesday to celebrate the end of the sale. Until all of that, fuck capitalism, except for the sale at waypointplus.com where you get 25% off if you use the code WAYHOLIDAY. Go home. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. I need to get water. Cut. Do they do they get the music sting still? Even if they have the if they have the uh, Waypoint Plus version, the ad free version, so, right? Yeah. It just it kind of floats in and out and then comes. Damn. Forward, right? yeah. All right, I need to get my water. Waypoint Plus Plus. No edits. No edits. Raw files. Raw files. <laughs> Waypoint Plus Plus. I go ooh, and so you can hear that you didn't have any cuts. <laughs> it's been so long. I'm coming home. Well, it's not coming home. The the U.S. team lost on Saturday. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. It wouldn't no. even I, be. I, I, I don't claim not, that's them. You can't say it's them. coming home. Yeah, we can. <laughs> I don't we, can. we can appropriate whatever the fuck we want, Kato. <laughs> Are, 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 have you been to? Have you, how much time have you been in America? Jesus Christ! I was born here my entire life. <laughs> well, then, yeah, Patrick. look, you're home. You're home, bro. You're home. Um, Jesus you are home. Christ. It's coming home. It's coming. Get it together. Uh, I've, I've actually decided like that I'm a French national citizen for the rest for the remainder of this tournament. Yeah. Killian Mbappe built different. Well, that's, the, that's the that's the beauty of uh, uh, men's soccer uh, is that the U.S. team suck shit compared to the women and so you just get to try on like a little like what other country do i want to be yeah. for this tournament because i'm not going to be rooting for the americans um well the women's team is excellent so it's so um, good um uh, that's a what two years right is that yeah, is that, is that alternate every yeah every, alternates every two years i'm so excited i'm so excited yeah they're, um, they're very good my basic rule for who I root for is um, I root for France unless they're playing against a former colony, at which point I root for the former colony. <laughs> um, that is that former is my rule. Yeah. I think you need to produce a um, uh, some sort of like if then you know infographic for people to have a yeah. sense of the morality of uh, rooting for the uh, the French the French team. France um, made it to uh, to the knockout stage. And lost to Tunisia. That's the best possible outcome for me. I cannot <laughs> think of a better outcome than France losing to Tunisia and making it to the knockout stage. Incredible. Incredible for me. Sorry, as you were saying, Patrick, let's start uh, the show. <laughs> all right. Let's uh, clap at 15. Oh. Okay. All right. Everyone ready? <clears throat> Yes. Does anyone else's time dot is sometimes hang on a second and make you doubt your understanding of how it's long a, a yeah, second time, is? Yeah, despite the fact that all time dot is is designed to do is display a number, um, it does occasionally hiccup even on 
powerful PCs. It does. Okay. It's yes. We've had, we've definitely had instances where we've done the, the had to reclap because somebody saw it jump a second and a half. Um, which I feel like that's just it's just haunted. Um, <laughs> so the fact that you've made it this far without experiencing that is pretty funny. Because well, it's been it's been unsettling me for a while. Mm-hmm. I've been trying mm-hmm. to convince myself that my weird brain disorders mean that I just don't know how time works. No, I mean that could still be true. I can't help you fully on that front, but <laughs> oh, no. I can tell you the time dot is uh, is is maybe not the most efficient website, despite that it being <laughs> the entire attraction of it. Uh, 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 when I did the Next Lender podcast, they did do they do theirs with a website that beeps synchronized, so you hold your phone up to the to the oh, microphone fuck. and it just it beeps, and then you don't have to actually do anything else. It was kind of neat. Um, what a oh. beeping website. <laughs> I need I need the joy here, of the clap. I'll let me I'll, here. I'll, I'll send it to you. Um, where is it? Yeah, beep thirty dot com. Beep thirty, and it's and it's synced into the API from time dot is, which is the funniest part. So it's using time dot is as time to uh, to produce a, a beep. Um, it only beeps every thirty thirty seconds though. You can change it. Okay. Um, I think there's a way to like manipulate the um. Incredible. Yeah, if you, if you hit the little gear in the corner. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow, look at that. You can. I think they had theirs at every ten seconds. Um, the more you know. I love All right. <clears throat> numbers. Numbers. 